Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Make sure to follow me on LinkedIn for more tips and advice, and feel free to message me if you need more information on how to get into cyber. I'd love to help you on your journey, and I do offer one-on-one services and coaching. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Get Hired in Cybersecurity. Today, Kim Stevens is back, and today we're going to talk about a very particular topic, which is communications. Before we go into that, Kim, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, absolutely. Um, Hopefully, your continuing um, listeners are probably tired of listening to me because I've been back several times, but um, I've been in recruiting, uh, primarily in the technology and cyberspace, um, primarily technology for the last couple of decades but I've been more focused on the cybersecurity space now. I've done executive level recruiting along with big four consulting professional services and industry um, along with, um, you know, working with some startups as well. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Thanks a lot, Kim. And yeah, so for today, what would you want to talk about? Well, I thought that, you know, with this fundamental series um, in speaking with folks, I think, you know, after we kind of covered our last series about just professionalism and and business acumen and presentation, I thought we'd talk about communications and resumes, LinkedIn profiles, and really how to attract the attention uh, when you're trying to get the attention of a recruiter or a hiring manager. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a great topic to go ahead with. And uh, just to start off, uh, I know LinkedIn is a big, big topic. In your opinion, how important is an optimized LinkedIn profile and, and making sure that, you know, if you're looking for a job that you're you're on there? Um, I, I think what a lot of people don't understand is these days, recruiters like myself, um, and you have to think of all recruiters at all levels. We all live and die by LinkedIn. And if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, um, you're hurting yourself. Now, there are a lot of technical people um, by design. They do not want to be found um, and they don't have any type of social media anywhere. But if you specifically are a newbie or you're changing careers, uh, you're wanting to get into a specific space like cybersecurity, then you are doing nothing but harm if you don't have a LinkedIn profile. And it's not just having a LinkedIn profile. You need to have a professional picture. Um, you don't have to go get a professional headshot done, but just at least have something with a um, traditional plain backdrop with a headshot. Um, and then also... Um, put content into your LinkedIn profile. Uh, In addition to connect to people too, um, a lot of recruiters are really wary along with um, people in the space. They're really wary of connecting with folks that have less than a hundred people that are quote unquote following or, or connection or connected with other people because they're afraid that these profiles might be bots. And a lot, there's a lot of bots out there that are fake profiles. So uh, make sure you know, I can't I can't stress enough to have that profile, but also have it completed and filled out and that your resume correlates to the profile as well. Awesome. And, and you know, when I look at LinkedIn, um, that was where I started, actually. Um, that, was, that was the first thing I did. And all, all my classmates had LinkedIn and they're telling me, man, you need to get on there. That's where it's at. And it changed my life. 
Um, so a question I have for you is what are some of the key things you look at when you check out a LinkedIn profile? Um, well, um, it, it depends on what I've been tasked to find, but um, location is big. Um, you know, where you are. Uh, again, a lot of roles these days are remote, so it doesn't matter as long as you're in the United States. Um, the other thing too is um, it'd be nice to know who I'm talking to. It, with that, and when I say that is to have a face. So a headshot would be really, really nice. Um, an appropriate headshot, not a body shot, not a I'm a model and I want to do this. I mean, if you if you're really just looking for a professional role, again, I know there's a lot of bodybuilders out there and there are a lot of models out there that have other pictures, but just have a professional headshot. Um, have all of your certifications, if you have any. Have all of your degrees, if you have any. Uh, but put your content in there. When I say that, when you put your job out there, put content on what you're doing. Don't just put a, your title and your employer's name and that's it. We can't learn anything about you if you have your profile and it's very bland and it doesn't have any content and we can't find your resume. Um, I have even very seasoned professionals that have an open to work status and I'm still trying to figure out what they do or what their background is because I've got roles that are very, very specific in technology or cloud infrastructures or, or what have you. And I can't, I can't figure that out based on their profile because they haven't opened to work, but they don't have any details in the profile, which is really, really frustrating because, you know, unfortunately our job becomes a lot more transactional um, because we have so, more, so much work that we have to do. And, you know, we're playing a guessing game sometimes and you may be missed out because you don't have enough content on there. Um, and then I also look at people that, hey, you, you put in your title that you're looking to get into security, but you don't have any anything security-based, security-related in your profile at all. You have nothing. So again, you may be getting completely overlooked and then you're very frustrated and you're angry because nobody will call you, nobody will reach out to you. It's because we don't know what you do. So you have to look at your profile from a, if I were a perfect stranger and didn't know anything about me, would they know me at all after I looked at my profile? Wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely important. And I, I've seen a lot of people post on, on LinkedIn the, uh, you know, they're looking for jobs or their frustrations. And, and I, I kind of talk to myself and be like, I wouldn't know you're looking for a job if you didn't post this right now. Like I would have no idea that you're looking for work. Um, mind you, of course, there's a you know background open to work um, you know post, but also like I wouldn't know what you do or just the headline, right? Like you're you're looking for work, and then maybe some of the certifications you've got or or what you're you know if you're a student. Like there's no real. Um, indication that you know you're working towards gaining that knowledge or you have the knowledge at the moment and i do agree that a lot of people undersell themselves on linkedin and on their resumes too um they don't get specific on what they did and i even had a few discussions with uh some people one-on-one -on -one and you know we'll go over resumes and i realized like wow like you did so much more in your last role than you said you did on your resume like 
there should be no reason it, it, it shouldn't be on your resume. Like these are very important metrics that, that could help you get a job. Right. And 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 I've told people, I think, until I'm blue in the face, so I'm going to just say it here. And I know I'm going to have to say it another hundred times. If you have a job and you don't know what to put, because a lot of people don't know how to write about themselves. I, I've talked to so many recruiters. Kim, can you please look at my resume? Can you please write my resume? Because I don't know how to write about myself. Okay, we'll do a reverse engineer search then. Look up your title, look up your employer's name or, or your competitors. Look at LinkedIn, other LinkedIn profiles and see if you can, I don't want to say steal or grab their content on what they do, but get an idea of how they have represented themselves, um, you know, how they've explained how they've done their job, but also look at job descriptions as well. Hey, hey, if I did that, that sounds really professional. I can put that into my LinkedIn profile. Um, so those are ways to be able to articulate or describe in a professional way on how you would write out um, and describe your overall experience. And you want to put those accomplishments in there too. If you got named employee of the year or of the quarter or engineer of the year or what have you gotten any type of leadership awards, those should be written in the accomplishments in as part of your LinkedIn profile, especially if you're at an entry level. We want to see that. We want to see that, hey, you have been able to, um, you know, you know, raise yourself up against your peers by by being a really hard worker. And you have also been acknowledged. You've been recognized for that. So we want to see that. The, the other thing that I've ran into the last five years, which is just a head scratcher to me, is I have found folks' resumes online in various areas like the Dices and the Indeeds, um, you know, in the past. And they don't match up to their LinkedIn profile at all. Um, I'm not sure why folks do that. Um, I've spent, I don't know how much time, and I've actually have a friend that's a CISO um, in DC and he runs a training class on LinkedIn, you know, how to sell your LinkedIn profile when you're looking for work. And I've, I've scrubbed information, but I've said, this is the same person and it's like two completely different people. The only way I was able to correlate that it was the same person was they had a very unusual name and the university they went to, but nothing else matched. I, I don't understand why people do that. I, I, I would love to talk to an individual <laughs> and ask them why, because you, you make our job so much harder that way too. Um, and, and maybe another fundamentals, um, you know, series that we talk about is the day in the life of a recruiter and what we have to do to get our job done um, and how difficult it is um, because we are tasked to do doing so many things outside of just finding a human being that matches up a job description. There, there is so much work that goes behind the scenes in that. But again, you've got to make sure that you are. Um, advertising yourself again it's more marketing it's more salesy um you being a candidate that's looking for work we've got to know that you're looking for work we've got to know how to contact you if you don't want to share your phone number online then set up a dummy job search email account that is professional and put that on your linkedin profile make it easy for us to find you okay because on on average 
LinkedIn users only log into LinkedIn 15 minutes a week. Okay, so as a recruiter, we've got to get the right messaging and we've got to be able to target, you know, find our target audience and find their, um, find, uh, you know, find your contact information. And there are ways to do that as well. But again, if you make it easy, it just makes their job a lot easier if you just put your information out there, if you feel comfortable. Excellent. Yeah, I think one of the main things um, holding people back from opportunity is um, lack of exposure, right? Um, if no one knows you're looking for a job, if you don't make it easy for recruiters to reach out to you, if you don't make it easy for people to know what you do now or what you're learning, what you want to learn, it's going to be really hard to, to market and sell yourself to, you know, the end customer being uh, an employer or a large corporation, small or, or anybody that needs your, your help, right? Um, it's kind of like not knowing the ingredients or the nutrition facts of, of something you're going to eat. You're just not going to really feel comfortable because you don't know what you're getting. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I reached out to an indiv individual um, a couple of days ago and they say they're an aspiring, you know, cybersecurity person, but they don't have any information on, on their LinkedIn. It's like, have you done any capture the flags? Oh yeah, I've done 10 of them. Why isn't this on your LinkedIn profile? Um, are you, are you wanting to get, you know, what exactly do you want to do? Well, why isn't that on your profile? Because, you know, why should I have to ask you? I want to have this information so that way I'm not wasting your time. And I'm, and I emphasize that person's time in addition to my time, having to ask all of those questions, I should be able to see it, um, on your profile. And, um, and you know, you also have the option to post your resume on your profile and don't be afraid to do that too. Just just scrub all your contact information if you don't want to share that. That way we see, you know, a bird's eye view of, of what it is that you're doing. So I got to stress to you, put in, you know, any search that you're studying for. You may not be prepared to take the cert, but if you are working on your, you know, to become, you know, to get your cloud certification, put that on there. I want to see that. Hiring managers, recruiters want to see that. If you don't have any enterprise experience, what are you doing on your free time? If I can't see that on your LinkedIn profile, then I think, okay, well, this person, they want to do cyber, but they're not doing nothing. So next, I'm going to go find another person because there's a zillion people out there trying to get into cyber. So I'll just go to the next one. So you may be missing out on that too. Uh, the other thing, when you do send your resume, I can't stress enough, please quit making it all marketing-like and formatting and because it doesn't transfer over to an ATS. It is a horrible mess sometimes when you put pictures in there and you just can't do the traditional, you know, just, just putting text top to bottom. You don't have to put a bunch of colors and a bunch of boxes and graphics because applicant tracking systems do not like that. Some of our systems, and again, we, we recruiters don't get to choose that. That is a business decision. Okay, there's green, there's there's like greenhouse and workday and um, Taleo and all of those um, applicant tracking systems. Some of them do not like when you upload your resume. Sometimes it's just a bunch of code and we can't see anything. Sometimes it it translates over, and I don't know what the secret sauce is to that. Um, and then some of us, some companies are using everything on um, the Google Suite and on the Docs. We can't 
you know, we have to move stuff into you know, that are a PDF over there. And if you have all these graphics and you want to put a, you know, a headshot there, um, it, you know, trying to send that resume over because they're not allowed to send it through email. They have to send it through Google Docs or they have to send the link. Then it is a disaster to look at that. So when you make up your resume, just do it just plain and simple text. You don't have to put all of that sexy stuff in there. We just want to see the meat of what you've done. We don't need to see your creative graphics <laughs> skills because I, again, just before I just got off on the, on this call with you, I was looking at that. I had to translate this over to a Google doc for a client and it is a mess. And it's like, I, now I have to spend an hour rewriting this person's resume to clean it up, to send it over there because it, it, I can't send this over there to them. And I don't have time to go back to the candidate and wait for the candidate to get back to me. So guess what I'm doing this afternoon? I'm reformatting a resume. And do I tell the candidate that? No, I don't. But most recruiters are not going to do that for you. They're just going to say, you know what? I don't want to go through the trouble. I'm not going to submit them. And I know all of you folks that are listening would get upset about that, but it's the reality. We don't have time. We, we, we need this done before you send it over to us. Wow. Yeah. I definitely didn't, didn't, uh, know, I guess, the, uh, about that side of, of, uh, hiring candidates. So I'm really excited for that episode we do on the day in the life. It'll definitely be a learning experience for me and the listeners too. Wow. Yeah. So, and also too, like, uh, I know we're talking about resumes and LinkedIn, uh, and communication. So, um, when, when you first reach out to a candidate or you get on the phone, um, what are some of the, I guess, the uh, good skills uh, in terms of communication you've seen from candidates that, you know, make you feel confident to, to present them to the, to your clients? I'm, so, I'm sorry, but our connection dropped. Can you ask that oh, question one more time? Yeah, of course. I, so, I'm so sorry. No, no, don't, don't worry about it. So uh, basically, when you get on the phone with can, candidates um, and, you know, they're, they're talking about their skills. What are some of the, I guess, key skills in communication that you've seen from candidates that make you feel confident to present them to your clients? Um, when they are, when they are fully able to articulate step by step a project or a an approach on how they solve a problem or from a technical perspective, how how they do their job. Um, again, I talked to another candidate candidate earlier this week and that person could not articulate how he you know his methodology in conducting a pen test okay he just went and stuff and you know it's I, I did it that way I don't know what that means <laughs> I, I have no idea what that means but if I put you in front of a hiring manager he's going to want you to elaborate more and he shouldn't have to ask you to elaborate you, you should be able to describe and you should be able to be a, a learn to be a great storyteller in how you've done your job. How did you accomplish this? Tell me the story because all of the interviews is all about tell me about a time and we don't want you to tell me what you think you want me to hear. We want me, you know, we want you to tell your story on how you did this. How did you accomplish this? How did you get from point A to B? You know, when, when, you know, when you have a problem, 
how do you address the problem? How do you communicate that? So, you know, like we covered briefly in our last conversation, communication is so key, especially in technology, in the technical field, but and also in cybersecurity, because yeah, you get to do a lot of really cool technical work. And I, I think you can speak just coming from big four. I've, I come from big four too, but also working with stakeholders, working with business unit leaders, you have to be able to professionally present yourself, but you have to be able to do that in written form too. If you don't have those basic fundamental skills, you are not going to perform and do well in any type of field because I know that just simple writing is becoming a lost skill because all the kids are spending their whole lives on devices and they are acronym heavy. Um, they have their own secret code along with emoticons and you can't just put a happy face or a skull face because everything went to, you know, crap. <laughs> you have to be able to articulate and put a timeline on what happened. How did it happen? Where did it go awry? What's it doing? How are you going to fix it? You know, how, how do you mitigate this this risk? How do you how do you solve that problem? You've got to be able to clearly describe in layman's terms how you did something, along with the 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 technical side. So, from a consulting professional services, we are always looking for people, and I know you know this, Io, because I'm sure they beat it in your head at Deloitte. Of you've got to be able to talk business, but you also need to be able to talk technical too. Definitely. I mean, one thing I've noticed, uh, you know, some of like when I was working on the technical teams, I mean, going into it, I, I thought that, okay, you know, the technical guys don't have communication skills, but the closer I looked into it, those that progressed and excelled and got promoted, they had some of the best communication skills I've ever seen in my life when it comes to business, when it comes to articulating technical terms to clients and how they solve problems, I mean, it, it was just night and day. And that was a key reason why they excelled. That was a key reason why they got promoted or became team lead because they were able to communicate to the team, the colleagues, management, upper management. I mean, if you have the ability to talk to any level of your corporation in a way that's uh, beneficial, whether it's the, the CEO all the way down to the analyst or, or, or the intern even, I mean, you you will go far. Um, and even pen testing, right? Like what's kind of shown is that, you know, you're alone in a room hacking away. I mean, if that's Black Hat and those guys still work together and, and make millions, but that's Black Hat. But on, on the, uh, you know, White Hat side, I mean, there's tons of communication going on. There's, there's tons of writing, you're presenting this um it ha also has to be translated to a specific result right like what is okay you, you've you've hacked this you've hacked that what does that mean and what should we do mm -hmm. right simply and, right? and it's it's the same in incident response and digital forensics and even working in a sock you're you know working in a sock you are working with clients um you are probably managing um, their their infrastructure their network and you're looking for you know the alarms to go off and You've got to be able to articulate. You can't just go, yo, dude, alarm's going. Okay. No, you can't, you can't do that. You have to be able to, you know, articulate what has happened because that's not going to be acceptable. Well, well what does that mean? But what, what happened? Is it still going off? Have you, have you 
Yeah, has it been escalated? Does it need to be escalated? But it, you know, communication, uh, really it's hashtag winning. I mean, if you, if, because I've always been really impressed with someone that can sit down and have a conversation. They're so comfortable in their own skin. And if they aren't, they've really learned how to fake it till they make it. Because I've, I've met a lot of people that are introverts or they get a lot of anxiety when talking with people, but man, they know how to do it. They know how to woo people because they know how to get to the heart of the problem and learning how to listen. And I can't stress that my sales mentor said, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Use it in that order. And I've learned you sit back and you might be the quiet person, but I sit back, and listen, I sit back and listen to what my clients are needing, what's going on, what's broken, how can I fix it? How have they, you know, how can I help solve that problem? And then I go help solve that problem. And that's what we all need to do. We need to stop and listen. I think that's a really great level of communication as well as knowing when to speak and when to not. And when to be, when, when, you know, being able to read a room um, and being able to understand what's being said and what's not being said. Um, th that's all arts of communication that I think all of us are missing out on. Um, and, you know, communication, there's breakdowns of communication and personal relationships. So if we struggle with that, why would you not struggle on a professional side either? Definitely. Definitely. It's, um, it's hard, you know, I, I think, uh, and, and looking at me as, as an example, um, basically like when I came out of school, uh, I was just a college student. Like I, I would, I wouldn't, you know, speak professionally all the time. Right. It's just class and going out with friends. And that was just me. So the transition's a bit difficult for someone who is not used to that environment. And, you know, I can see it taking time for someone to get into their own skin in a professional sense. Um, and it might take a year. For some, it's a lot easier because, you know, they have people around them that are already in the industry they can, they, that they can talk to or they're already going to events. But, um, you know, it, it's really something that you have to just try doing, right? And, and even now... Um, I think it's a bit difficult because, uh, you know, we're all working from home. And for those of us who just started our careers, uh, I mean, I, I've never, um, when I started working at my company, it was just uh, from home, right? And going to the office. So um, it, it's difficult, but any chance you get to go into the office or, or go out to meet people or go out to events, I mean, it's really a muscle that uh, for those of us who, who are just entering the working world or might miss out on. And although there's many positives to working from home, like no commutes, there is that, uh, I guess, cost of literally knowing how to read people, talk to people, banter. Um, you know, it, it, could, it could be a hindrance. And I can see that being a difficult thing right now with the current climate of, you know, work from home and, and how that could stifle growth in that area with communicating with others. Absolutely. And there are ways to practice that when you go to a restaurant, when you go through a drive through when you have somebody deliver and you actually can talk to them. When you're standing in line at the grocery store, talk to somebody, talk to anybody and just get out of your comfort zone and, and do that. And 
Um, just be social because at heart, we're all social. We, we all want to be social. We all need to be around people. And believe me, I, I've gone through my years of being an extrovert. And then now I found as I've gotten older, I'm more of an introvert. There are just times where I just need time to myself to not have to talk because I talk all day long to everybody. Um, and then I rant like this <laughs> into never, never space. Um, but um, you've got to practice that. And when you're working remote, um, select some people that are kind of, you know, around, you know, that you've kind of discovered that uh, you have some, you know, common common ground with and initiate conversations to just chit chat say hey are you busy and you know i've i've done that also i've i've taken the initiative to reach out to folks when i'm on a project to say hey, i'd re really like to get to know you you know how did you get into this company how did you get into this industry you know tell me a little bit about yourself instead of let's not just focus on work and there's you know there's you know really fun icebreakers that teams can have of Okay, well, let's let's do an exercise where um, you say two things about you know three things about you, and one 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 you know one one of those things is a lie, and you have to guess what it is. And you really get to know people, and you get to go, oh, okay, well, I didn't know you did that. And it's that's that's how you get to know people. Relationships take time, but you know, again, you have to just you know practice on the communication. Um, there's lots of video interviewing going on right now because people are still not going into an office. Um, you know, I remember back in the you know the heyday, you know, working at Big Four, we would fly people all over the country to do interview days. You know, we would have a place like here, here's all the interviews and we're flying everybody from all over the country to come here on this day to interview with all of these people and we just don't do that now. Everybody's just flipping on the webcam and we're having the conversation. But it's, you know, you've got to practice that. You've got the webcams, you've got, you've got FaceTime, you've got all of these tools, practice. And look at the, watch those videos of yourself. It's hard, it's, it's hard to do that, especially if it's not comfortable, but practice, it, it, takes, it takes practice to learn and be good at something. And sometimes just being able to articulate professional sentences, that takes practice. It doesn't come natural for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Thank, thanks a lot, Kim, for that. And, um, you know, it's something I, I even myself needed to hear as well, because it, it never ends. And there's always a you know, bigger discussion, whether it's a bigger client you're going to have to you know close or whether it's a, a deal that you don't want to miss out on. Um, it, it, it comes and goes. And uh, with practice, I think things do get better. Um, yeah, yeah, I really like this topic today. And, and we are coming up on time, but I wanted to ask if there's anything else you wanted to add surrounding this yeah i i do want to i do want to bring up something that i that i have seen trend a little bit and we can talk about it at another time but the other thing too is don't overflate inflate your experience and your knowledge um i hear imposter syndrome all the time uh with all of us that don't feel like we're good enough or don't feel like we have the skills, but we really do because we're being too hard on ourselves. But on the flip side, there is, there are a group of people that have overinflated their experience. They've overinflated their education, their certifications, and they've even been so desperate because they can't find a job in cyber that they put on their profiles that they're a virtual CISO. Stop. All of you people, 
you are not doing yourself and you're not doing these companies coming in as a virtual CISO, you are making it so much harder for all of these legitimate, fantastic virtual CISOs. You are putting all of these companies and you're putting yourself and so many other people, so many other things at risk. Stop doing that. Just stop it. Um, your time will come, but just, I can't stress enough, don't overinflate your experience. Uh, because there there is an actual conversation going on about some folks that really didn't have the experience and they somehow got hired they were able to bs their way into getting hired because hey they were really great at talking about themselves talking about all the stuff that they could do but they got in and they couldn't do the work and they put the company at risk and you you're there is such a consequence to that behavior we've got to stop it so be honest be transparent um, hopefully you will find a recruiter or a hiring manager that will be as transparent and honest with you as well. There's a lot of tough companies. There's a lot of bad companies to work out there, but there's a lot of really great companies too. And if you can be honest and you can communicate that and come across as human, like, you know what, I don't know how to do that because I've never had the opportunity to work in doing that. I would rather hear that than somebody trying to run in circles telling me that they knew how to do something and they didn't. Definitely. Yeah, it does, it does come back around. It's, it's a small industry. And um, yeah, if you make a reputation for yourself of not being able to do what you say you could do, um, it's going to come to a close. So yeah. it's kind of like and, those- and people talk, mm-hmm. people talk. We we have, we do. And I don't I don't condone it. But back channel reference checking happens all the time that um, people know people and they could pick up the phone and say, hey, do you happen to know this person? If that person's resume comes across your desk and that may be a reason why you don't get a call back is because you burned a bridge many years ago or you may have been well known in the industry to do something so just it will come back to bite you and I've seen it happen I've I've witnessed that and it's not a good it's I don't like to be the bearer of bad news when that happens but it it does happen so just be as transparent and be yourself, but again, just don't overinflate. Just be honest, but don't sell yourself short either. Got, got it, got it. Thank you so much for your time today, Kim. Uh, you know, myself and and of course the listeners really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to more of these discussions on uh, these fundamentals. Me too. Because it's, it's it's very important, and I, I sense that some of my discussions and guests like we talk about more high level things, and and we do we do talk to. Um, you know about those who want to get into the field but um i definitely like that you know we're sticking to specific topics here and we're just building off of them as, as we go on so i'm really excited me too me too I, I can't wait for our next one so um and again um again so happy to be a part of this yeah yeah thanks i'm, I'm glad we're, we're working on this together and um can't wait to to share it and just get the feedback i know i know that uh these discussions are important and and the, the listeners love you i mean they they really do uh they reached out to me about you and and i know that this is definitely something that they're going to be looking forward to awesome i can't wait awesome you have a great day kim and uh yeah we'll talk soon okay take care all right bye